Hello, welcome to another episode of The Heart of a Youth Leader. It's really good uh, to have your company. Thanks for the feedback that some of you have been giving me as well. It's so helpful and encouraging uh, to hear from you and it makes me want to keep doing it and to keep spending the time thinking of what the Lord might want to encourage you with each week. Just so you know, if you're listening to this, whether it's on our website or through a podcast, you can also watch it if you prefer. I'm not sure why you'd want to, but if you want to, you can watch it on our YouTube channel. Uh, so just search for either the Heart of a Youth Leader or Thrive Youth Ministries and it'll come up. Uh, or if you're watching this and you'd rather not see my ugly face, then you can just listen to it uh, on, a, on your favourite podcast, whether that's Apple Podcasts or Google or Spotify or Amazon, whatever you 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 um, use to listen to podcasts and there's some great other podcasts out there so I'd really encourage you to do that uh, so uh, thank you if I can ask you to uh, to spread the word if you're enjoying it let others know it's really helpful um, and if you want to subscribe so you don't miss an episode then that's useful too uh, it's amazing we started this in January and we've had well over 500 um, downloads uh, by now and I'm just blown away by uh, uh, how many people and how many times people are, are listening to this or watching it. So so thank you for your support. Anyway, enough of that. What about this week's thought uh, and what's going what's gonna to tend our hearts this day? Uh, well, I want to ask you, what does success look like for you in your ministry, in your children's work, in your family ministry, in your youth work? What does success look like? How do you measure success? I wonder if you've thought about that at all. I guess the obvious place to start with measuring success is numbers, isn't it? And it's like, how many children are you working with? How many teenagers did you meet last night? How many came online to Zoom? Or if you're now starting to meet back, how many young people actually bothered coming out of their houses to meet? Uh, and, uh, and we can measure uh, by numbers, I guess. And it's an easy measure, isn't it? But I'm not always sure if it's the right measure because equally, I'm convinced it's quite easy to get a lot of young people together, generally, usual times. You know, put on a movie and buy a load of pizzas and you're gonna get a gathering of young people. They just want a place to, to hang out together. Uh, but does that make it successful? Or is that just, that's just a, a gathering? Uh, I'm certainly aware of one time uh, I was starting an, an open youth club in, in, in the church I was the youth pastor in, uh, and um, it was going quite well. And I'd been I'd spent the year uh, from September to Easter working with the year sixes in our local uh, church primary school, uh, and I ran a lunch club uh, every week for for that year only. And at Easter I was inviting them up to join our youth club, uh, and so rather than just say come along on the first day, I I decided that I was going to put on a, a welcome day, a welcome you know meeting, just for them to come and find out a bit more about what we do, to see the building where we do it, to to play some games and you know have fun and get to know some of the leaders. Uh, and I managed to organise this the day uh, during during the first week of their school holiday, but uh, during the daytime for most of my team. Uh, and I was so convinced that I'd been doing such a good job working with the numbers of young people who were coming to the, the lunch club that I'd convinced my volunteers to take the day off work, saying, look, I'm going to need you. I want them to meet you uh, 
you know, it's, we need to welcome them as much as possible so that they'll come after Easter. Uh, so it was, it was in the afternoon, probably about three o'clock or so, I reckon, maybe a bit earlier. Um, and we'd bought loads of donuts and we got lots of drinks and we'd made it look lovely. And we'd, you know, the whole of year six had been invited. They'd all had invitations. They'd got excited at the lunch club. Uh, I, my amazing volunteers took the day off or the afternoon off to be there. And not a soul turned up, not even one. Uh, and it was gutting, it was embarrassing but it, and it wasn't successful, but it was really helpful. Because actually what was amazing is my team were completely okay and they saw it as this is part of the journey, Andy. You know, this is part of what happens in youth work. This is part of the, the reality. What do we learn from this? And the interesting thing was when we actually started the club after the Easter break, the year sixes started to come. When I went into school and said, well, why didn't you come? They were all like, oh, well, we forgot, or they were away, or they had different excuses. Um, uh, and so, but they still wanted to come, and they came. And we learned for future years to do it in a slightly different way. We did it in the evening during term time, so it was the last week of the, last, of the term before Easter, uh, and they, so they'd come at the normal time. Uh, and and, they, and they, they came in their numbers. And it was so successful in terms of numbers that we had to have a waiting list because there were too many young people wanting to join. But if we're only measuring numbers, does that measure success? The Bible measures numbers, doesn't it? We know that there were 5,000 men, let alone women and children, who were fed by Jesus in that one, that story of Jesus feeding the 5,000. We also know Jesus fed 4,000 people as well at another time. We know that after the resurrection, when Jesus meets the disciples on the beach and he tells them to put their nets down on the other side, they collect 153 fish. I love the detail of that, that, that one of the fishermen, if not all of them, were counting every fish. And they said, it's 153. Isn't that amazing how many fish we've caught when we spent the whole night catching nothing? So numbers are important because every single person, every single thing matters to God. But I'm not sure it's a measure of success. Do we measure the number of people who get baptised or make a commitment to Jesus? Is that a measure of success? Well, it certainly shows something of what's going on in their lives, doesn't it? But should that be what drives us uh, to, 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 to succeed? Is it how much activity we do? Look, starting a new youth group, starting a new school club, starting a new uh, lunch club or after school club or starting a new toddler group or is that what success looks like and the problem for me with all these things is they aren't really uh, helpful in knowing whether we're doing a good job or not and I've been reflecting on how easy it is to to be working really hard as a youth worker trying to be creative in all that I do coming up with new activities new games new ways of uh, keeping their attention, but actually could be nothing to do with what God wants me to do at all. And just because I put a Christian slant on it, does that make it, does that make it ministry rather than just general youth work? And it seems to me as I read the Bible that God is less interested in our success and more interested in our fruitfulness.
you know, in Galatians 5, we get that wonderful list of the fruit of the Spirit. It says, the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. And, and often we've thought, right, those are the fruit of the Spirit. That's what fruitfulness looks like. So if I'm going to be a fruitful Christian, I need love, joy, peace, patience, etc. Uh, so therefore I'm going to develop it. And so we go, Lord, give me more love. Give me more patience. Give me more kindness. And yet I wonder if we completely misunderstand what it's about. Because fruitfulness is not, about, is not a gift. They're not the gifts of the Spirit. That's something completely different. But fruitfulness is what comes when, when, when a plant is healthy. The apple tree doesn't go force the apple out. Come on, let's have an apple. I need more apples. I'm an apple tree. If I'm going to be a fruitful apple tree, I need abundance of apples. The apples are what happens when the tree is healthy. When the tree is getting enough water, when the tree has got enough nutrients in the soil, when the tree has got enough sunlight, it becomes a healthy tree when it's not attacked by bugs and insects and all that kind of stuff. And if the tree is healthy, you get an abundance of apples. And if we are going to be healthy, we will start to display the fruit of the Spirit. And I want us to think about not being successful in our ministry, but being fruitful in our ministry. And that means, have we got the nutrients right? Have we got the things right in our lives that will help us to, to display these, this, to allow this fruit to grow? Uh, and there's five things I think that we need to have personally to be fruitful. And then I think they're reflected in our ministry as well. Very quickly, they are. Um, uh, the conditions need to be spending time with our Father and loving spending time with him. Not out of duty, but out of privilege and out of joy. And those who love the Father love to read his word. Don't read the word because we ought to, but because it helps us get to know him better. The third thing is we need, we need to be filled with his Holy Spirit. The Holy Spirit lives within us and can give us all we need and lead us into all that he wants us to do. So let's be filled with his spirit. Let's ask God for guidance. And then importantly, let's do what he think, we think he's telling us to do. I started that, I did that after that club for the year sixes um, and no one turned up, but I still did it because I thought God was asking me to do it. I don't mind getting it wrong. I'd rather be wrong doing what I think he might be asking than never do what I think he was asking and never know if it was right or not. And then the fifth thing is to do it in community. We're not made to be on our own. We're made to, to, to live with others uh, and to invest in each other, to, to keep nudging each other, to keep worshipping Jesus, to keep taking risks for him, to be bold uh, and to, to build his church together. So, so those five things, I wonder how you're doing in each of those things. Your time with the Father, eating his word, uh, being filled with the Spirit, listening for guidance and doing it, and doing it in relationship with your brothers and sisters. Maybe this week you want to choose one of those things that you're going to focus on uh, and, uh, and invest some time in so that our ministries can be fruitful in whatever way the, the Lord wants to bless us. Have a great week. Go for it.